artist uprising. We have started a movement. Call it a revival for arts and entertainment. Call it a renaissance or a united belief. That creativity should be undoubtedly expressed in a way that shapes culture for the better. That artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Artist Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Larry G. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to jump into another episode with us as we listen, learn, and grow. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button at the beginning or at the end of this podcast. And if you know anyone in the creative world who's looking for that motivation, inspiration, please feel free to share this episode as we love sharing. Now on the Artist Uprising podcast, we love bringing on guests who are making a splash in the creative world. And today's guest is doing just that. I'd love for you guys to get to know my man, J.D. Moore. Born and raised in Dallas, Texas, James Douglas Moore III, commonly known as J.D., has been working as a full-time artist in the Dallas-Fort Worth area when he completed a tattoo apprenticeship at Last Angels Tattoo in Dallas, Texas, under Gerald Garcia in 2013. He began showing paintings in 2014 and has exhibited his artwork every year since in multiple galleries and other public venues. In August of 2018, J.D. completed a month-long residency in Tuscany, Italy, to study fresco painting under Emanuele Capoza. Presently, he is developing new paintings for an upcoming solo show, tattooing, and pursuing more mural opportunities. On a special note, J.D. has actually done some tattoo work on myself. So let's get to know J.D. JD, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Hey, I appreciate you for the opportunity. Well, thanks for having us, man. Well, you know, like most of all of our guests that we have on here, their bio speaks for themselves, such as yours. I want to know a little bit more about you now. So if I can, I'd love to, you know, just start out by getting your backstory. Mm. Uh, Where did you grow up? Dallas uh, is kind of where I call home. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs east of Dallas. Okay. In the Garland, Rowlett uh, area. Yes. Uh, And then I slowly moved my way into Dallas. Uh, East Dallas is where I started to tattoo. And I was basically right after high school. So, yeah, that's just been my, like, transition, you know. So was it art and tattooing at the same time, or was it art first? So I've always been uh, a visual artist uh, of sorts. Um, In school, it was a lot of just hobby, you know, doodles here and there. Uh, I took it serious, though, in my senior year of high school. Okay. That's where I really started to see a a difference in what art can be, potentially. Tell me about that. What was it? What was it that kind of gave you that insight to what it could be? Um. So that was my first time really experiencing art galleries. Uh, My high school, Rowlett High School, has a pretty uh, dominant art department. Yes. uh, Which I'm thankful for. And um, I had an experience to travel to kind of compete in the UIL uh, state competitions. Uh, But from there, I got a a merit-based scholarship from the Goss Michael Foundation. 
And wow. uh, that's kind of what I used to uh, start my community college career. And that meant a lot to me that my art was able to achieve something, you know. Wow. And, and as far as like when that took you, you said that happened your senior year. Would you say that that was kind of like the beginning as far as your path into taking this art seriously? Taking it seriously, yes, uh, because I actually was determined. I was sure, actually, that I was going to go a completely different direction. Where were you going to go? I was going to go to the Marines. Wow. I had already done my MEPS, you know, uh, physical stuff. I had already sworn in. I wanted to go the officer route, uh, so which is a little bit of a delayed process than going in enlisted. Yeah. Uh, so th within that delayed period, I started my tattoo apprenticeship. And I remember making that phone call to my captain. I was like, yeah, man, it's, it's not going to work out. <laughs> I, gotta, I got something going on here. They understand. Yeah, because um, it was really just a, a series of events that led me into where I'm at. Because like I said, I was I was really sure that that's where it was going to be my, my destiny. Uh, but it just didn't work out. It, you know, did you um, did you. How, how does one go about getting an apprenticeship with a tattoo shop? And tell me the correlation between you're finding yourself in art, mm. but then this opportunity in doing tattoos or an right. apprenticeship comes. How do those two connect? Uh, for me, yeah, it connects in a very unique way because I think the traditional way of getting an apprenticeship is uh, just by finding a shop um, that you feel like you can uh, grow within uh for me, though, it started in uh, my high school art career. Um, one of my classmates, who I also worked with in that high school time, yeah, we um, we started talking about tattoos and uh, things like that because his dad actually owns the shop that I did my apprenticeship at. And when he uh, was talking to me about you know what it takes, I, I was just honestly asking out of curiosity, you know how how do you you know, start, how do you learn how to do this? And then he's like, well, you come in for an interview and, um, you, you know, see if, you know, this is a good fit and sure enough, you know, it just worked out. It did. And as far as the apprenticeship, what goes into that? Uh, so you start off just very bare bones with like the, um, intent, like how bad do you want to learn this? So all you're doing is sweeping up the shop mopping, you know, you're doing that for three, four months, just coming in You're at least in my apprenticeship uh, yeah. time, uh, I would have to, you know, be the last one there, uh, be the guy to, you know, take out trash, things like that. And then you slowly start to be introduced to, uh, the craft, you know, the tools, what it takes to actually do the art. And usually about a year, year and a half of just step-by-step step growth you learn and then you're just basically set ready to go uh essentially that's the goal to once you become an artist you can take walk-ins you know actual customers people who are outside of your own circle yeah because that's also a part of the apprenticeship process is uh practicing and usually uh it's your friends who are <laughs> who, getting, who get the free tattoo mm -hmm. oh, that's okay right yeah, yeah. And, and you know when so <laughs> i was actually known 
in high school as the art guy, even though I wasn't really thinking that. I Were you would. giving tattoos in high school? Too? I wasn't actually. Okay. I, 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 my, my first time in a tattoo shop was for my interview for an apprenticeship. Yeah. Uh, so this wasn't something that I, uh, you know, always knew it. People would tell me like, Hey, you should draw my tattoo or you should do tattoos. Cause I would draw with pencils and things like that. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, look back at that time and just, uh, you know, think of how ironic it is that I did end up doing this for a living. Yeah. Right. Um, do you remember your first tattoo? I do. Yeah. What was it? So there was a, a time when you'd walk into a shop and you'd pick art off the wall. It was called flash. Okay. And, um, we still had that up at the shop on lower Greenville. And, uh, this guy who was, um, a regular at the shop was like, Hey, if he wants to practice on me, I'll get this crown. It was a black and gray, just very simple crown. Um, and it actually, it, it wasn't that bad. I, it, it turned out all right. My mentor was over my shoulder, uh, kind of helping me along, of course, but really, uh, does that get nerve wracking when that happens? You know, then the, during the first one, it didn't after, it did when there was an, an expectation of me to, you know, apply all these things I'm supposed to be paying attention to. And I, you know, I'm doing more difficult pieces. It definitely, you feel pressure at different times. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Right. Well, um, when it comes to, <clears throat> you know, the tattoo and the art, were you still pursuing art at the same time? Like what was the, what was the thing that kept you going when in regards to your painting? Uh, so during the apprenticeship, a lot of what you have to practice is art, a lot of drawing and you're drawing for tattoos. Uh, however, since I did come from that art background of ha being in like AP art, competing, things like that, I was still making art, a lot of colored pencil drawings, a lot of just realism, portraiture, things like that. Uh, and so while I was transitioning into be being an artist, this was maybe 2014. Yeah. Um, an artist uh, started working with us named Freddie Trevino. Yeah. He um, did oil paintings and he would bring it up to the shop and he introduced me to this craft of oil painting, which I wasn't really intimidated with uh, leading up to that point. Anything with brushes was something that I wasn't interested in doing yeah. at all, but uh just practicing with him uh, and then kind of taking it upon myself to make my own pieces. I never stopped, you know, painting and that's happening simultaneously while, you know, learning how to tattoo, you know, applying these things back and forth. Amazing. Would you say that that was, um, that was like the jump off when it came to you pursuing like, art and kind of figuring out what lane I'm going to, what I'm going to do as far as painting and whatnot. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's all like a process of finding, you know, my own voice Yeah, and, um, you know, how I can express myself as an artist and how I can do that. Yeah. And so, um, that's really what kept me locked into the fine art realm is that this is something that I can use as a tool to express more of who I am as an artist. Whereas, right. In tattooing, I see that as me interpreting a lot of other people's ideas and 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 their 
uh, uh, stories. Right. Uh, so it's 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 a, a yin and a yang. Almost. I mean, for our listeners, he's given me a few tattoos already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few. yeah, you have. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll I'll be getting some soon. Um, well, maybe not soon. It'll be a minute. But um, yeah. I've read in an interview somewhere where you talked about finding your inspiration that you would find it going to art galleries. Mm-hmm. Um, explain to me, um, if you can, um, your process and, you know, um, your process with, you know, behind that. Uh, behind, um, you know, my inspiration. Uh, well, I think that when you're talking about my art specifically, yep. it started, I started with my tattoo journey yeah. Uh, what I'm interested in is uh, a lot of Italian art. That was a style that uh, my mentor tattoos, uh, uh, black and gray sculptures, uh, things of that nature. So I am researching this this whole uh, world of uh, old Italian art wow. and seeing that there is also this high art uh, that I am practicing, you know, this, this painting, this... Uh, uh, using a, uh, a canvas as the, um, you know, the surface as opposed to skin, there's these, these two different worlds. And so that is what kind of guided me into a lot of the art I make, which is a lot figurative, uh, a lot of figurative based, uh, um, very scenic sort of, uh, realistically rendered, yeah. uh, you know, oil paintings is, it, it's based in in that sort of uh, genre of art. Have you um, explored it any further, like different from there? Like where where have you taken it since then? Actually, yeah, not too long ago, I uh, took a trip to Italy. I wanted to do a residency where I could learn how to fresco paint uh, because that's just kind of what my interest has guided me into wanting to you know, use as a tool to, to, you know, create as best as I can. And so I I lived in in Tuscany for about a month and I was taking lessons from a guy from Florence who, you know, still practice this, this extremely ancient and incredible art. And, um, that experience taught me how everything is really connected because, um, my experience of tattooing and the steps it takes to make that art is almost mirrored in how you fresco paint. It's all, wow. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the same process. So it was a whole summary. Exactly. Yeah. I was there the month of August in 2018. Did you notice anything different as far as, you know, just being in a different country culture? Um, do you, did you see things differently when it came to how you approached your artwork? I did notice it and it actually didn't happen until I came back. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was enough time for me to get adjusted to the routine and the schedule of, you know, being in this completely different time zone and this completely different lifestyle. Um, because yeah, I was about 30 minutes, uh, South of Florence. So I mm. was kind of removed from the city, the life. city itself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so coming back, you know, just realizing how much time is, you know, required to do so many different things when, uh, in this place, you know, you're removed from, you know, traffic, uh, in the same sense of, you know, like a rush hour or, um, even just, uh, 
the distractions that are constantly inundated <laughs> in our daily lives. Yeah, yeah. It's it's different. Um, Did you find yourself like approaching like how you do your work differently, like in the studio? Like I'm going to block everything off and just focus on this or am I just going to let it come to me and, and really not force this? You know, that time I spent there, it, it definitely taught me how to slow down my process. Uh, a lot of times I'm very anxious to get all my ideas onto, you know, what the finished product will be. Yeah. Uh, but the process of uh, like fresco painting, it's, it's a science and you have to, you have to let the, the, the materials really tell you when it's time, as opposed to you really forcing, uh, it, you know, it to be done. So uh, it definitely taught me to slow down, which I needed. So that is, yeah. Like I find like, especially taking a life, would you say that was a life changing trip? Like out, out I mean, there? definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I kind of felt the same way. I took a trip to Bangkok, uh, about two years ago, I think we've talked about this as mm -hmm. well. And just saw when you see the world in a different way, when you're able to go like somewhere on the outside and you come back here and you, I don't know, it's just a different perspective. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that, you know, just being able to have that uh, uh, perspective shift. Cause I feel like I, you know, can uh, behave one way while I'm here. Yeah. And then it, because I've had this other experience, I know how, you know, I can adjust, you know, in a different way if need be. Did you feel like your themes um, and whatnot changed when you came back or have they changed since? They, they definitely did. I did a series um, with a, a, a sculpture artist, her name's Chesley. And uh, we did the series on uh, the head wrap or the turban from early American history. And okay. that gave me the opportunity to um, you know, kind of emulate what I was learning and, and seeing in this Italian art storytelling and use it in, you know, what we were doing, which was uh, telling the story of um, uh, how African-American women uh, were subjugated uh, to cover their hair. But the story is that they did it in such a way that it kind of backfired because they, you know, uh, would take this turban and, and make you know, these beautiful shapes and use these beautiful fabrics and almost, uh, you know, draw more attention to, you know, themselves. And uh, the way that we told that story is through images. We took photos and then I painted a lot of those uh, photos and um, it made me, I, I think, feel more confident in my storytelling that what that project, it really um, kind of uh, is a good example of all these things combined. Was it a, sh did you do a show then? Was it a show that was? It did, yeah, yeah. We uh, showed first at the South Dallas Cultural Center uh, and that was the photography show and then she had her wraps on display. Uh, so the images uh, that you would see were juxtaposed to the actual wrap. And then we've had a couple of other shows where I got to show my paintings, uh, TWU um, in Fort Worth, uh, we've had a few shows. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there any other galleries that come to mind when, when you think of art here locally that push the envelope when it comes to pushing local talent? You know, that's actually a really uh, a, a hot topic is in, in the art realm because honestly, it's, it's hard to think of some. Yeah. Um, it, a lot of galleries, especially um, 
the galleries that do publish a lot of local art outside of, you know, the Deep Ellum venues, I think, are really good for that. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the level of art uh, that I am pushing for and that a lot of my peers are in, you know, are, are uh, seeking to be in more of these, you know, high art galleries. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we really don't see ourselves represented in these galleries unless it's done, you know, like, oh, this is an all black show or, you know, this right. is for Black History Month or something. Right. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so you're, there's still not that moment where it's like, it's not just about that. It's, mm -hmm. it's open to everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think is going to, what's, what do you think is needed in order for, for it to get to that? You know, I think what's happening now is needed a, a lot of challenging and, you know, a lot of, um, you know, just pushing people out of their comfort zones. And that's kind of what I'm aiming to do. Uh, outside of just galleries in general, there are uh, some mural opportunities that I was able to use as just that, you know, to um, you know, be unapologetically, you know, proud of uh, my community and, and my messaging and kind of normalize, you know, where a lot of people tend to resist, which is, you know, our presence and, you know, our stories outside of, you know, struggle and things like that. Did you find a did you find a, a difference when it came to all the whole social injustice, everything that went down last last year? Mm -hmm. Did anything change in in that regard when it came to like your art and the things that were just the climate of everything that was going around there? I mean, so that that time definitely you you saw that boost in you know the support for mm -hmm. you know. Uh, uh, black people of color, uh, artists. And, you know, while I found it very obvious that, you know, this is because of, you know, people being made aware, maybe feeling some sort of guilt or something like that. It was, I, I uh, had, you know, no problem taking those opportunities. Right. Because one, they're, they're few and far between. Yeah. Uh, but to even get into the space so that we can transition away from that being the reason why um, I thought it was important, and the uh, 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 portrait that I did of my sister—it's um, a mural in uh, in Westworth Village. Okay. Uh, it kind of aligned with you know that time. Yeah. And uh, that's I think how it changed my art. You know, it, it made me make art that I had to make. Um, you know, there's art that I would like to make, and then there's you know art that I have to make. And that's one of those times when because of, yeah, this, this happened. Tell me about the portrait about your sister. What's the story behind that? So uh, the mural that uh, I painted, the mural that I painted, it is um, on a floodgate on a trail, kind of in the middle of nowhere. So the structure is kind of the only thing that you see. You know, normally you think of a mural, it's on a building in a you know, kind of an urban setting. Yeah. Uh, but so the theme was kind of nature and uh, the river is right next. It kind of goes along the Trinity River. Yeah. So those are some themes and elements that uh, that the art is based in. 
And uh, when I initially went to do this, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to just kind of do something, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, just, you know, safe. Uh, but the curator actually was familiar with my work and my portraits. And she actually encouraged me to uh, do these portraits that, you know, do have a lot of symbolism and require a lot of uh, just deep thought and research. And um, when I start my process, I don't always know what it's going to say until yeah. I'm finished with it. And gotcha. so um, I had my sister model for me. She is um, recreating a, um, an Italian sculpture. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of one of the things that I still implement is she's recreating this sort of angelic pose. Right. And I wanted her to kind of stand as a symbol uh, for black women. Yeah. Um, in the same sense that, uh, like the Statue of Liberty, you know, is a recognizable figure, but, you know, it's, the, it's some, for something greater. Yeah. And um, I titled the piece Resilient Life uh, because there's also this element of um, uh, trumpet vine, which is a very, like, strong sort of community based uh, uh, plant. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm using to symbolize uh, black women. So she's uh, carrying this she's carrying this um, uh, this fabric that sort of represents, you know, uh, uh, life itself, pain, struggle, triumph. Uh, and she's carrying it as if she's giving it away. Uh, and so it's something that I, I'm really proud of uh, because of its geographical location it's it's in a place where i feel like uh that message needs to be um you know reiterated yeah um and so it's just kinda, what's the response been like uh personally it's been amazing i don't know what people say when i'm not there you know <laughs> what i'm saying uh, yeah but i think that uh you know from people like my mom from my sister you know they appreciate you know that display and uh, that's kind of what I want to do is, uh, you know, use the figure, use the, you know, the portrait uh, of people, of real people uh, to tell some sort of story. To tell a story. Mm -hmm. You see that kind of as like your, your, um, your theme is like moving forward, you know, as an artist, just telling stories with, it, with everything. Or is that just something that you obviously set for, forth as far as this is what I do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if how, like how far away I would move from the desire to tell a story because yeah. I, uh, I think that there's, I still have a lot to learn about how a story can be told right. and, uh, what stories can be told. So I, uh, I do think that going forward, how might work might evolve will surround how to tell a story. Right. Uh, and, and that's kind of the challenge now is, you know, how do I evolve, but kind of have this uh, consistency and growth? Also. Would you are you optimistic about the future of painting as a whole and then tying into what we've been discussing? What are your thoughts of about that from a local aspect mm -hmm. here in Dallas? Yeah, yeah, I actually am pretty optimistic because the opportunities, I just keep seeing them. And I think that the interest is is growing and sort of the demand for um, art in all aspects is is 
definitely growing. And so as a local, that's what I'm experiencing now is there are a lot of opportunities that are catering to specifically local talent. And uh, I, I'm glad that there is a, uh, you know, a focus on that because it's important, you know, to support people who are here so that they, you know, can go out they don't have to go out to kind of come back and then be somebody, you know, they can already have that strong base. Uh, Cause I think cities that do that are really strong in their, you know, arts community. They are, yeah. which is what kind of ties into the next question I want to ask you, you know, you hear it a lot, you know, especially when the whole pandemic hit and, you know, things were shutting down the whole hashtag support local. Mm. What does support local to you mean as an artist? I mean, I think that uh, it's really about, uh, you know, finding how, not necessarily finding what one way. I think there are a lot of different ways, you know, you can support. Uh, I think support um, doesn't have to be really hard, honestly, just as simple as uh, sharing, you know, uh, work to literally, you know, uh, compensating people for the work. Um, I think uh, to me, what I really try and do in my work is to uh, collaborate and, and uh, get as many people involved in a project as possible. Because if you are uh, uh, opening up a space to as many creatives as possible, then um, you're already sort of uh, uh, cultivating a network. Love and it. and um, that sort of is support, you know, do you have any examples of how that's happened with you recently? Uh, so, yeah, I like the, the show that I was talking about, Tingyong, is the title of the one I did with Chesley. Very that cool. one is, okay. uh, I think, a good example. Um, I did something prior to that one. I'm still developing, like, exactly how and who, you know, would work best in, in kind of what I do. Um, there is a, a local fashion brand, uh, Farah. Uh, we did a collaboration with them and the art that came about with that I'm still using in cool. different ways and uh, I think it kind of helped all parties involved like the, the models you know that were involved are you know still blossoming and, and, and growing and then they're uh, uh, as a fashion company still blossoming and growing so um, that's uh, I think kind of what I want to continue can kind of continue to push forward and right, whatnot. right, right. And you're still also working at Lost Angels. Is it Lost Lost Angels? Last Last, Last Angels. Angels. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know the name. It, gets, it, it trips Angels. up a lot of people. Yeah, one because yeah. I I love Los Angeles, so I just get confused. Well, that's actually it's supposed <laughs> to be a play on that. Here's where the owners from. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Um, and how long have you been there now? Uh, I've been there uh, about nine years. Nine years. Mm -hmm. So you went straight from high school to tattooing exactly. for like nine years. Yeah, exactly. Wow, man. Um, I mean, you've probably just seen it all when it comes to some, you know, tattoo shops and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the whole industry has shifted and changed and I've seen, you know, uh, how that's impacted the, the art world and the tattoo world specifically. Are you and talking about with just the COVID and all that? No, even before then. Yeah. Really? Kind Tell of, me about that. Yeah. Well, so um, that tattoo that I was talking about, the first one I did, that flash yeah. setting, that is um, kind of the 
older traditional style tattoo shop where you have a local place and the locals come to the local shop and they pick and they pick something that's already kind of ready for you and the uh, ideas turn out in volume which that area lower greenville that used to be what that was you know right uh and so there is uh, a shift happening I, I think around probably like 2013 14 you know when the shows are starting to get more popular like the LA inks and things like that so yeah what people are doing are is they're realizing that there are you know these personal stories that be, can be connected to tattoos and um with also the 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 rise of like Instagram and Facebook and it Twitter did. and things like that. You can build a brand off of it. Well, people can reach out and kind of research who can, uh, uh, you know, translate whatever they want the best way. And Has so, it happened to you? Yeah, people uh, are seeking me out, you know, because they know that I do art. They know that I, you know, have a, a certain style that, you know, I, I like to do. And so um, that kind of all falls into where we're at now with we're really not doing a lot of walk-ins uh, uh private studios are what you see the most of right now and i, d I think i did a walk-in but right didn't i yeah yeah back uh, i think it was probably just 2019 it was 2019 yeah. yeah 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 i um, walked in but i think you don't do that as much anymore but i met you just off a whim and then we talked about it emailed sent some ideas and yeah and then i now I contact you beforehand. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely still, you know, part of the industry. But just given COVID, you know, there is a lot of just hesitation with that. And, and um, you know, this sort of trend of people reaching out and taking their time to set something up kind of started way before, you know. What I mean? Do you see business change as far as um, how busy you are now as opposed to what it was like before? Um, or is it still the same? It's, I think it's more so the same. Uh, it's just interesting how, you know, people respond to, you know, situations. So, you know, a lot of people don't know when, you know, they'll get an opportunity to follow through on their ideas. So they're not waiting as long to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it kind of balances out. You know? Yeah. And as far as in the art world, did you see anything change from COVID? Uh, well, in the midst of uh, a lot of people needing to figure out how to pivot, um, a lot of galleries and, you know, a lot of curators, they're reaching out to, you know, artists to support, to finding them because they know that, you know, a lot of artists do need that support without shows happening. Yeah. Uh, but then there is a lot of, you know, virtual sort of collaborations happening you know, with galleries and artists. So I think that is what has spiked a lot is a lot of more, there's more interaction now, which I think kind of will help that, you know, problem we were talking about earlier about yeah. representation and, you know, whose stories need to be told. So, you know, it's, it's always something good that comes out of something bad. I feel. <laughs> Such is true in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think like the, I think we're seeing, we're seeing it happen before I just, a change like th slowly things are are going to work themselves out um sure. you see that kind of like how it is when it comes to the art world yeah uh -huh. uh, yeah yeah man i mean the art world is uh, it's ever evolving and i'm finding out just how small it is and ha you know how many people uh you know are having these conversations amongst themselves and there's uh there's um you know not as long of a ladder to the top as 
you know, it kind of once seemed. And so, yeah, I, I think it'll head in that direction. So what does 2021 look like for you? Or what are the goals that you've got set in front of you when it comes to your work? I am really pushing to build a, a body of paintings. Uh, I'd like to use 2021 as a time to uh, produce enough for a, a solo show. I really want to, uh, uh, you know, start, really use that as a starting point for this fine art career. Uh, and so, cause I still feel like I'm, I'm practicing and I'm learning honestly. Uh, and uh, outside of that, you know, a steady tattoo schedule and uh, a lot of mural opportunities are kind of what I'm still navigating and kind of what I want to still um, learn about, you know, because that whole process and the entities that control that realm is different from all the others. Have you been doing some murals like around town? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, Where can some people find some of your work in, in, in the DFW area? So there is a permanent mural that I've got on the east side of Deep Ellum. Okay. Uh, that was actually the first one I did. It's a portrait of Bobby Sessions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I did that one. And then in uh, also in 2019, I did uh, a mural at Thanksgiving Square. Okay. It is still up now. Um, the intent was to rotate that out. COVID slowed that down. So it's up indefinitely. Uh, and then uh, Westworth Village, there is a mural on that floodgate. Uh, that's out there on the Trinity Trail, and I'm actually doing one now. I'm, I'm working on another mural on the Trinity Trail. Uh, at Do you know what the theme is on this one? Yeah, yeah. It's The theme is the seasons. And um, I'm also going to be doing portraits on uh, eight pillars. or uh, It's under a bridge okay. uh, out there. And, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's kind of what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working at right now. Well, you know, like here at, at Artists Uprising, we love one of our main things as far as connecting with great artists such as yourself um, is we love to kind of get their opinions as to who we should be on the lookout for. Mm. So when you think about artists that are out there today, is there anyone local that you can that that you would say is like your favorite or is someone to look out for either local or nationally? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of Dallas artists that are already doing their thing big time. If you could give me your top, top one. Top one. I, I'm a big fan of Riley Holloway. He's, okay. he's kind of the man right now. I'm, I look up to him a lot. Riley Holloway. And yeah. what is it about his work that, you know, touches your. Uh, it's, it's similar enough to, you know, how I, uh, express and it's, for me, it's easy to understand. He uses portraiture. He, he paints the black experience, uh, but he does it in a way that I admire because there, even though he's painting specific scenarios, there's still a lot that you can place, you know, from your own self into, um, his work. And, and there is, you know, uh, uh, an overall, vibe and a texture to it that just seems timeless it seems vintage uh but at the same time you know he's doing it in such a way where i, I feel like it, it's very much so uh, a stamp of you know the contemporary art being made right now as well anything anyone nationally <sighs> that's a tough one i mean i think the big dog is, for me is a uh, kahinde wiley uh that was a a very big influence for me as well why is that uh, he's another portrait painter. Okay. Uh, he's someone that I saw uh, uh, 
before he did the presidential portraits and but his uh, his scale and uh, the the presence that he gives is what really compelled me to also continue kind of the route that I've chosen for for my paintings at least. Have you met him? Ah uh, no, I wish. I wish. No, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, man. Yeah. All in good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as um, our listeners are concerned, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, so I keep basically everything that I do on my website. Okay. JDMoorePortfolios.com. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, there's a way to reach out to me on there, but uh, Instagram is also, you know, really easy uh, under the same name, JD Moore Portfolios. Right, man. Well, um, I just want to tell you uh, thanks again for taking time out and visiting with us and uh, telling us part of your story. You know, like I know that you're, you're still grinding and, and doing your thing, but um, from what I've seen and stuff on the outside, it was only right that I invite you onto the show, man. So thank you so much hey, for being a part of this. That means a lot, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I uh, just want to thank all of you listening for uh, listening to another artist uprising podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Also make sure you follow JD Moore and his journey. And um, we will see you soon. Love someone. Thank you. We are the artists that make our cities one of a kind. We are the artists behind all the beauty, even in your home. From the architecture that defines the place where you rest, to the space in between lined with fine art, handcrafted furniture, and vintage finds, there was an artist who gave you a priceless gift, a piece of themselves. It is our mission to abolish the term starving artistry. This podcast is about interviewing those who have paved the way with their successes in the arts and entertainment industry. Tune in as they give other emerging artist listeners tips to success, as well as advice in the midst of a tipping point. This podcast series will also be a platform to discover together new emerging talent from all over the world. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.